Welcome to Probably Science. My name is Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. Hey, Andy. Hello there. Uh, we, let's just dive straight into our guest. Yes. Or at least the introduction to our guest. That sounded sure. weird. I, I apologize, Brandy. I'm, I'm immediately in a defensive position. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's metaphorically let's dive into our guest. Wallow in the pool that is our guest. <laughs> Returning guest, friend of the show, the ex- comedian, podcaster, all-around excellent human, it's Brandy Posey. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's exciting to be back. <laughs> so, I'm glad to have you. Mm-hmm. How, how have you been, Brandy? I, I normally I normally run into you at fun events. That's how we normally see each other at comedy things and then other fun things. And then I just sometimes see your car because who couldn't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have the second most recognizable car in L.A. Me and Angeline, that's about it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, for the listener, I, I have a, I have like a car that has a mural of um, Abe Lincoln fighting a T-Rex in space painted on the side of it. Um, right. Not the most scientific uh, depiction, but, you um, know, you never that, know. <laughs> was, that, was that a custom paint job? Yeah, I got it done a few years ago for, oh, God, at this point, it's almost a decade old. Um, I got it done uh, uh, as part of, like, a, f- a comedy fundraiser. Or not, not a comedy fundraiser, a fundraiser for, like, something real. Um, <laughs> this is, like, art nonprofit down in downtown DC, um, downtown LA. I used to work for um, uh, Scion, the car company. I was, like, their social media person. Okay. Um, and we just, like, threw together this, like, fundraiser thing, and I got... This guy named Raul Gonzalez that does a bunch of murals and um, Boyle Heights and stuff to come out and do paint my car for me. <laughs> That's very cool. I never knew that. I never knew why you had your car like that other than just who wouldn't want that on their car. <laughs> right. It is kind of funny to me how uh, sacrosanct, if that's the right word, cars are in that way. Like everybody is so cavalier about putting a forever tattoo on their body, mm-hmm. but so few people break the norm of no your car has to be just one solid color yeah i i always think about that because it's like honestly it's hard for me to have a bad day because i'll go outside and i'm just like there's a dinosaur in your car you idiot and it makes me laugh <laughs> <laughs> and it's like hard to it starts off my day every day but like that's a dumb funny thing i did all right i'm always in a good mood kind of because of it <laughs> you're like patient zero for i'm sure in 20 years all the kids will be doing it but for now yeah. You're like you're like what it would ha- what it would have been to have a tattoo in like yeah. 1980. And then then so some just... adults are like, "What are you doing with yourself? You're going to have that now for 7 to 10 years." <laughs> I mean, exactly. It's so funny. My dad was like, "But the resale value." And I'm like, "Dad, I'm a millennial. I'm not I'm going to run this car into the ground. Um yeah, we don't I'm not flipping yeah. this car. <laughs> right, no, we, right. we don't buy new cars just cuz it's fun. <laughs> resale value. That's the silliest. Oh my god. I, I know. I was like, no 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 no. I'm running it into the ground. It will go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, Ideally if, in a demolition derby of some kind potentially. We'll see. <laughs> if if you're if you're really worried about the resale value, what you really don't want to do with a car is drive it ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drive it exactly. off the lot. Yeah, because the second you do that, that drops its value. Although yeah. weirdly, not as much in America as it as it is in Britain. Really, that really surprised me when I came here. Yeah, like secondhand cars in Britain are so much cheaper. I I never, I I never even considered getting a new car when I was still living in England. But, yeah, uh, because just the the difference between getting a brand new car and getting one that was even like a couple of years old was just so dramatic whereas here when i was looking into getting my car at the the car i now have it was um mm-hmm. it was like it, it was maybe like 10 to 15 percent cheaper 
for the for the second hand car, but the second hand car had loads of miles on it, and also didn't come with all the extra like warranties and stuff. And I was like, well, you know what? It's actually kind of I might as well just buy it new and have it for an extra year or two. Yeah. Weird. Huh. Also, like, this is is that is, is second hand the preferred term, terminology in oh, England for? Oh yeah, for, as opposed to used. Oh, it's so it's so quaint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also something like a mashup of the Prince songs, like Little Red Corvette, the kind <laughs> you find in a secondhand store. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a thrift store car. I'm it's into vintage. that. Yeah, yeah it, it comes from like uh, traditionally, you know, back in medieval times, you'd always approach your first car, your new cars, with your right hand. Uh, but if something, <laughs> but if you had an older car, it was bad luck to use your sword hand to touch it. You would use your left hand. And so that was a second hand car. That's also, apparently. They're that's also called the, sinister cars. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the true history of that. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of all, every day. all this, I forgot that uh, there was an ongoing struggle for, I want to say, most of calendar year 2018 with your Bluetooth situation in your car, Matt. Did that ever get resolved? Uh, yeah, I put a cable in instead. Oh, <laughs> like okay. I never, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it weirdly, it goes for, for listeners who either don't remember or don't care. It's, um, it happened after we went to Palm Springs that time and it was a ridiculously hot day. It was like sort of, oh, 100, yeah. it was like 120 degrees and it was parked outside. And when I drove the car home, suddenly the Bluetooth stopped working. And here's the weird thing. It still doesn't work, except sometimes when it gets cold. When, when the temperature drops, like, into below 50, or even the low 50s, so for huh. for Brits and other, and Australians, so when it gets into, like, single figures to low double figures, um, then the Bluetooth starts working again. So, no idea. There must be some cable that's just slightly loose, and as it expands and contracts, it just uh, it's either touching or not, or something to do with one of the chips. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, the thing I discovered is I could go to a junkyard and buy, or on eBay, and buy a stereo that has been taken out of a scrapped, exact, like, version of my car. Mm. And I could have got that for, like, you know, under 100, and then probably had to pay someone to install it, because I wouldn't be able to do it properly myself, because it's fiddly. Um, Maybe I could do that now as my COVID project. But Mm. anyway, instead, I just plugged in an aux cable, and, (laughs) and I do that now. It's pretty fine, aside from like getting to charge. Oh no, I'm sorry, Bluetooth wouldn't charge anyway. But um, yeah, I can also plug in. Um, I can I can plug in a, a lightning cable. So they're my two solutions. Oh well, there you go. But it's oh, still yeah. why not just do that? Well, it doesn't work. It what I lose is hands free calling that I can control from the steering wheel. That's the only thing I don't have now. Oh, that is kind of... Mm. It is handy. It is handy to be able to pick up a call without, look, you know, touching the phone or anything. And then, you know, and it uses the microphone that's built into the car rather than the microphone on the phone. And Right, right. So yeah. it's slightly better, but it's fine. I finally got on board with the... Um, I don't know how it took me this long to have some kind of, like, phone holder thingy in my car. Andy. Uh, so I'm not, I know, I know. It is 2021. <laughs> I <know>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't, but also, but this thing is great. Also we should explain. Because... Andy, Andy previously was going on, um, on, on TaskRabbit and paying a guy to travel in his car every day, <laughs> holding up the phone. And I was honestly, creating jobs is what I was doing. Matt. You were creating jobs, but you're also, you know, making real trouble for your financial situation. 
This was a little expensive. That was my main write-off for last year was the $40,000 I paid <laughs> to have the livable wage. I'm not even sure if it was that really in Los Angeles, but um, he thanked me. <laughs> to see the look in his eyes every morning is what made it all worthwhile. I mean, as he woke up, as he car. woke up in your car well, yeah. in your foot well there, curled up. So cute. Sometimes I just want to let him sleep. You know, it just looks of so course. peaceful down there. Yeah, it's, you got to give him your schedule the day ahead of time, at least, so he knows like what to be prepared for. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it was adorable. Um, so, Brady, I think since the last time you were on, we uh, we did that crazy Miami gig together. Oh, yes. been on the show since then, did you? No, I don't think so. That was like right before it, I think. It was yeah, like yeah. A week before I blew out my back, I think. Yeah. That's how <laughs> I mark The beginning every... of the end. Yeah. It's AD and BC for my life. Uh, yeah, that was almost two, was that two, almost two years ago, right? Yeah, I think it I think it was February or March of it was it was March. Yeah, it was March March thirteenth and fourteenth because it was my birthday. Yeah. So a little backstory. My cousin. I, I, I sorry if I've mentioned this too many times and it sounds name droppy, but my cousin <laughs> is married to Shane Battier, who's a, a NBA player who also has a charity um, that sends that pays for kids' college tuition. And he's also a huge karaoke fan. So he puts on this big event called last name is Battier. It's called Battieoke. Uh, and they get celebrities and former teammates and things to come sing awful, awful karaoke. <laughs> and Brandy and I hosted it two years ago in Miami, and it was such a, a, a trip. We had um, WWE wrestler The Big Show. Are you, are you wrestling <laughs> yeah. Know that? Yeah. He you was, told me about the event. I didn't, what, what was his song of choice? Oh, oh gee. Was it Fun- Funky, Funky Cold, Cold Medina? Medina. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those weird, like, it was a, such a fun night, but it was also such, like, a, a disassociative night, because you'd be, like, having a good time, and then you'd be like, well, the big show's just doing karaoke right there. Am I real? <laughs> and it was, a, you know, it was a fun, drunken night, but then they're also like, oh, wait, someone has to, probably Brandy, get back up on stage and actually do the nuts and bolts of getting the next karaoke singer up here. Yes. <laughs> in <a> timely fashion. <laughs> it was like, it was really fun, but it was also very stressful because they were all like famous athletes who like don't want to be on a list. So they'd be like, mm, just come find me when you need somebody. So it was like me haranguing 19 <laughs> year old millionaires being like, hi, you need to sing next. I don't care who you are. I know you have more money than I ever will, but what song do you want to sing? <laughs> I presume you must be one of the NBA players because you have an incredibly expensive watch and three feet on me. Exactly. I'd be like, I, I literally kept being like, hey, you're tall and look expensive. Do you want to sing next? <laughs> <laughs> now, it was very fun. <laughs> now I'm trying to remember that the, the, the will they or won't they of the night, it's not the right phrasing, but um, we were wondering if, if LeBron was going to show up because in past years he has, but mm-hmm. uh, he did not that time. Oh, wait, was yeah. he even... Was he still in Miami or was he already in L.A. He by that time? He was already in L.A. Oh, oh, it was, oh, oh. He was already in L.A., but it was the other guy. Um, this shows how little I know about basketball. The one that was oh, retiring. Dwayne um, Wade? Yes. He was. Yeah. 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 Him and his wife, who was also famous, I think, were we were like, they he, they also usually showed up. So we're like, LeBron could maybe show up because, I mean, he could fly anywhere whatever. But then we were like, is Dwayne Wade going to be here? Right, um, right. Because in past it, yeah. years, when when that whole t- when they were all together at the Heat, there were like uh, Shane and I think Dwayne and LeBron and a couple mm-hmm. others did uh, Backstreet Boys together on stage. <laughs> exactly. I, think I want it that way. Yeah, totally. Maybe well, with that's... Dr. Ken. Ken Jong was hosting that year, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, uh, our, our year fun was fun too because Shane and um, uh, I don't know who the other guy was, but they did a um, shallow uh, re re re. Oh, like that's a, yeah. That's right. He got dressed up like Lady Gaga. Shane got dressed up like Lady Gaga, and they sang "Shallow" together. And Andy played guitar behind them. I forgot about. I was on TMZ. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. Yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the announcer of the Heat who was dressed up as um as as Bradley Cooper, and Shane was in drag as uh. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. it was <laughs> very not good, which is the, by design. That's what Betty Oak is <laughs> <Yeah>. supposed to be. <laughs> it's supposed to be like that. Yeah, it was it was really fun. And also that weekend was great, too, because like uh, Shane, Shane uh, was so nice. He got because it was my birthday. He got me up um, a bottle of champagne, but I, I don't drink. So on my way out of the hotel that next morning, I don't remember if remember it's Andy or not. But it was also spring break in Miami. Oh, that's right. That's so right. just like crawling with like spring break, you know, uh, ba- barely legals. And um, <laughs> and we're like walking out, like rolling my bag behind me, wearing sunglasses with a bottle of champagne in my hand. And I just dropped it on one of their tables. And I was like, hey, happy spring break. And I just kept walking. I felt very cool. <laughs> I remember that now. That's right. That was Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. This toll table was like, what? Oh, my God. And then they started, like, Instagramming it. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, by, yeah. by the way, for the people who are shouting at the podcast device of their choice right now, uh, Dwayne Wade is married to Gabrielle Union. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, I knew yeah. I, I am not a sports, so I didn't know. But I knew that he had a famous wife. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that, Matt. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. But it was it was fun. It was um. I had not been to Miami in a long time, and me and Andy ate lots of tacos and hosted karaoke. And also, at, so also at the event too, there was a um, uh, an auctioneer. Do you remember the auctioneer, Andy? Oh, he was great. Yeah, yeah, he was amazing. But he was like, it's so funny because they had like, um, I've never been around an auctioneer before, but they have like a very you have to be very hyped up to do that job yeah. correctly. <laughs> so we're at the bar, like kind of talking about run of show ahead of time, and he was like. The bartender goes, "Hey, um, can I get a black coffee, uh, no cream, no sugar, at exactly seven fifty six? I'm gonna go pound that <laughs> right before things start." And I mean, he was like, and he did a great job. He was amazing. But I was like, "Wow, you got to be like in the zone." <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I forgot that we also. This sounds braggy now, but um, I don't. I don't know why I didn't post this on social media, or maybe I did. But um, we were also like. Us Weekly's hot picks for the week. Yeah, we, we were. Picture? It was so funny. <laughs> of you and me and the big show dressed in pink in Miami. Uh, I got. Yes. I'll, I'll put that uh, in the show notes once. I had you. Once you I told me it. about the event. I, I had. I'm finding out now all these details. I had no idea. Yeah, it was very interesting. I'll find yeah. the TMZ video and uh, and the hot picks thing and link those for listeners. Check the show notes. You'll find some version of these things yeah it was so silly yeah first first time in tmz right now only time we'll see yeah the last whatever 2021 is young is there some version of tmz for jeopardy winners andy uh i think it's the jeopardy subreddit which i was definitely way too active on my week (laughs) and i've I've stayed active on it's a pretty interesting they have all these rules that they're pretty good about like i I think i think a lot of um contestants end up on there and commenting on there and they're savvy enough to even notice that most people who win multiple games don't really chime in on the reddit until the day that their episode where they lose is about to air which is not intentional but just they've seen it happen enough times they're like oh no andy's comedy i think he's losing tonight (laughs) (laughs) oh i gave it away just so if you're contested listening to this don't 
do that. Maybe come talk in one of your winning days. Maybe it feels like braggy to be like talking about a, a day when you're about to win again or something. Oh yeah, maybe. But everyone ends up doing that. Um, that. Yeah, they're very nerdy but uh, very thorough. Like, there's also uh, this guy called the Jeopardy fan who just posts about recaps of every uh, exhaustive recaps of every episode. Which you know, it's been 37 years. That must be a pretty <laughs> time-consuming job. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't. I don't know any quiz show that uh, that has that level of obsessiveness. Like it's yeah, a culture I'm that's guessing... built around it. Yeah. Well, but then again, I bet there are subreddits for all of the nerdier. Um, what are the big, besides Only Connect? What are the big like heady British game shows? Mm-hmm. Master Mastermind is that a thing? Yeah, Mastermind is just like really straight. Like they, it, it, the the whole. I think it was originally designed. The guy, the person who sort of created the show, wanted it to look like, like an interrogation scene in a movie. So. So you sort of there's four contestants, but then you walk up to this black chair and then the spotlight goes on you mm. and the rest of the studio is black. So oh, it's sort okay. of and then it's just they fire questions at you at speed. Um, right. hmm. Yeah. And there's ones that there's like the brain of Britain on the radio and there's 15 to one. That was a very that was one that the real quiz enthusiasts went on and won. I don't like know. Hardcore quizzes. <laughs> I gotta check that out. That one, there's, there's like 15 contestants on the stage, and then and it kind of it whittles down to one through various means, but not because of the weakness of various links. No, okay. it's uh, it's much more it's much more quizzy. But you can not at, at certain points in the game, you can nominate who has to answer the next answer the next question, and you have three lives. And if you get all three, if you lose all three, then you're out. So you can try and target people, but then they might try and target you back. Because mm. you want them to get it right or wrong. You want them to get it wrong. Oh, okay, okay. You get, you get, yeah. I, I don't yes. think you even win point. I don't think you even win points or money or anything for getting questions right. It's just like surviving until the end. Oh, I see. Got um, it. I can't remember exactly. It's a bit of a mystery. You, you know what else is a mystery? What's that? <laughs> the, the the shape of wombat poop. Oh yes, the well, shit of wombat. Here's a, yeah. Didn't we? Didn't we do a story a while back about how they had discovered more? Because they've just published a new story that a bunch of people sent us in uh, over the last week yeah. or two. We've definitely had at least two past wombat poop stories. Maybe the first being just like, isn't this crazy that they have cubed poop? And then another one being a theory as to why or how. But I don't. This must be new, otherwise it wouldn't be dated uh, last week. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's some new, you know, uh, I mean, uh, people, the science appreciates a slow news day right now, I'm sure, during a global uh, pandemic. They're like, yeah. let's just get that feel-good wombat poot story back out in the world. <laughs> Who doesn't love, they're the cutest, their poop is the cutest. Yeah. I would it's, pick that it's up adorable. gloves. It's yeah. probably one of my favorite shits. <laughs> oh, yeah, top five at the very least. Yeah, it's like I, that. I like a goldfish because it just drags behind them and you're like, what are you doing, buddy? That's a yeah. fun one. <laughs> yeah, here, here we go. I, I just... I just searched Wombat in the Probably Science Gmail account, probably science at gmail.com for anyone who wants to send in questions and stories and comments and clarifications. So this one's sent in by Hugh John, who's from New Zealand by the looks of the email address, and also says, please do more episodes with physicists and cosmologists. He was a big fan of those. Uh, they will be coming up for sure. But yeah, we also have... Um, so this is 2021... 
scientists solve mystery of wombat cube. November 2018, scientists solve wombat cube shaped poop. And then 2015. Oh no, that's that's a story about wombat mange. Oh no. That's no good. Actually, this article does cite the 2018 report, so it must be new to, com- new compared to that. So, Okay. What do we got then, Andy? Well, uh, so humans may be fascinated with cubes, but only one animal poops them, the bare-nosed wombat. I didn't know it was th- that there was that bare-nosed prefix. Uh, this furry Australian marsupial squeezes out nearly 100 six-sided turds every day. That's 600 sides. Uh, an ability that has long <laughs> mystified scientists. Now researchers say they've uncovered how the wombat intestine creates this exceptional excrement. Oh, that's good alliteration. Yeah, well done, ScienceMag.org. <laughs> yeah, this study is really good, says Sung Wan Jung, a biophysicist at Cornell University who studies the mechanics of animal movements and was not involved with the research. It shows, he says, that the guts of these animals are very special. The bare-nosed wombat, or vombatus ursinus, uh, which almost makes me think it should be B-E-A-R-nosed with the earth sign thing anyway oh. um which weighs up to 35 kilograms 35 kilograms what it's a big that, boy yeah that's what is that like almost 80 pounds uh lives in the grassy plains and eucalyptus forests of australia where it spends its nights grazing on plants and its days in underground tunnels it's a territorial animal leaving its unusual droppings as a calling card <laughs> but how does well, such there's sh- another good alliteration coming up here brace yourselves listeners no yeah. way how does such sharp-sided scat come from from, from a, a round anus boy this writer was so proud of themselves yeah. shout out to tess juice <laughs> tess juice that's oh, her man. name that's, yeah. that's a great name yeah so many double s's uh to get to the bottom of the mystery scientists dissected a wombat that had died after being hit by a car oh they examined the intestines and found that they contained two grooves where the guts are more elastic, which, which the team first reported in 2018. That must have been what we talked about. Yep. In the new study, the researchers dissected two further wombats and tested the guts layers of muscle and tissue, finding regions of varied thickness and stiffness. They then created a 2D mathematical model to simulate how the regions expand and contract with the rhythms of digestion. My favorite Lionel Richie album. Uh, the intestinal sections contract over several days, squeezing the poop as the gut pulls nutrients and water out of the feces. The team reports today in the Royal Society of Chemistry's aptly titled journal, Soft Matter. Oh, my God. Why is the journal called that? <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah. Where's Soft Matter Journal. Keep going. The I want to know everything about it. The stiffer portions are like a stiff rubber band. They're going to contract faster than the soft regions, says David Hu a biomedics researcher at the Georgia Institute of Technology and author of the study. Softer intestinal regions squeeze slowly and mold the final corners of the cube, the team found. In other mammals, the wave-like peristalsis of the intestinal muscles are consistent in all directions, but in the wombat, the groove tissue and the irregular contractions over many cycles shape firm, flat-sided cubes. That That just leaves one mystery, why wombats evolved cubic poop in the first place who speculates that because the animals climb up on rocks and logs to mark their territory, the flat-sided feces aren't as likely to roll off from their high perches. As for, how, as for what the world is supposed to do with this new information, who, who admits that it's, quote, not going to replace the way we manufacture plastic, but the wombat strategy could help engineers design better ways to shape valuable or sensitive materials, he says. How so? By feeding it to a wombat? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we would have figured that out without... <laughs> figuring but okay yeah. that's fine <laughs> in, in the meantime who also said also thinks this knowledge could help researchers raising wombats in captivity he 
says, sometimes their feces aren't as cubic as the wild ones. He says, the squarer the poop, the healthier the wombat, as my grandmother always said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was one of her sayings. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty adorable poop. Usually the articles have like pictures of multiple, what's the singular of feces? Uh, sure. <laughs> or, yeah. Uh, and so. this, sure. This only has a picture of one of them, but if you just Google image search wombat poop uh, with an incognito browser, I'm sure you'll have, uh, some fun <laughs> shit. Let me see what comes up. Uh, it's so cubic. Oh, here's a great picture. I'll, I'll post to the show notes to show off. This is like the platonic ideal of, of wombat poop cubes. I'm about to send you. Okay. The only link that was up there right now that I nearly kicked on was uh, you singing Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. There's a new link. Hey, there it is. Just looks like brownies. Jesus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was just... you, could, you could very easily confuse that with a plate of brownies. Mm-hmm. So for anybody in uh, you know Australia that wants to ruin oh, yeah. somebody's day. <laughs> Any pranksters out there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's about as cubic as you could get from something coming out of a living thing. It just, it looks painful, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I guess it d- depends on like the level of like firmness we're talking about. Right. And I don't uh, know how big those are and how big the, the butthole is. So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm impressed by them being able to do this. I mean, I would like to see them uh, evolve different shapes for different emotions, though. That would be fun. Ooh. You know, yeah. like, like a triangle or something. Yeah, a tetrahedron. Mm-hmm. A rom- rhombus. A, 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 a buckyball. Yeah. <laughs> was was platonic ideal, by the way, an intentional... No, that's true. A cube is a platonic solid. It is. It? Yeah. I forgot about that. Are there only... There's only five of those, right? There are. And has science proven there cannot be big, more than that? Yeah. Ma- well, mathematics. Mathematics it's, has, right. It's, it's not that hard to show. Really? It's, yeah, it's... Uh, you can look up the the proofs online. There are various different ways of showing it, but basically, if you think about the number of ways you can divide um, the well, the external angles have to be less than one hundred and eighty degrees because I look for it to be a convex shape. Otherwise, it's going to go back on itself. So there are only what is it? You can you can only have either three sides, four sides, or five sides meeting. And then it's not... Three sides, four sides, or five sides meeting. Right, go ahead. Or else what? Or or else it would be... It wouldn't divide. So then then you... Then it's not too far... Then it's not... God damn it, it's been a long time since I worked this out. But... um, (laughs) Is it even five sides? Are there any that have five sides? Yeah, the... um, The one... Let's see, how many sides... The icosahedron? No, dodecahedron is made up of regular pentagon sides. That's it. Is that right? Dodeca, which is 20? 12, right? Yes, and then 20 is the icosa. Ah. I think. Am I right about so, yes, that? Uh, God uh, damn, uh, I should know this. Did we actually say platonic solids are, are three-dimensional solids made up of um, where the sides, where the faces are all regular polygons? Yeah, so... So if you Got think about it. two, okay, cool. if you think about two-dimensional shapes, there are there are an infinite number of two-dimensional shapes that have equal mm-hmm. equal length sides. So you know you start off with a triangle, then the cube, then the the pentagon, then the hexagon, then the septagon, 
uh, octagon, nonagon, decagon, and so on. And you can just you can just keep going. You can just keep adding more sides, and all that happens is the angles get uh, it shallower. More circular. They get wider. Stuff, yeah. And, yeah, it, it gets mm-hmm. closer and closer to a circle, but never reaches it. So you can have a mm-hmm. you can have a million sided uh, polygon, and it, it still is legit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the so yeah the interior the interior angles have to be less than 180 degrees. Um, the interior angles of each face have to be... Is that true? They have to add up to less than 180? Wait, wait, hang on. I'm, I'm just... No. I'm, wait a second. I'm getting, I'm getting myself all confused. Uh, okay, wait a second. There we go. Okay, the, the interior angles, the sum of the interior angles, that's right. The sum of the interior angles have to be less than 360 degrees. Right. Got it. That makes sense. Because okay. otherwise, yeah, otherwise, okay, yeah. there we go. That's okay. Now I've got it straight in my head. God damn, it's been a long time. I'm just scribbling down while I'm talking. Um, yeah, so if you think about this in a something that's flat, if, you, if you've got something flat that with various lines meeting at an angle, the interior angles of that add up to 360 degrees. So, for example, if you, if you draw like a kind of, um, if, if you had, if you draw like a pentagon and then draw lines from the middle meeting in the center, in that center, if you you know make like imagine you've got a pizza shape, for example, cut into segments, the sum of all the interior angles around the center would be three hundred and sixty degrees. Right, that um, makes sense. But then, if you if you were to lift up that pizza in the middle, so it kind of forms almost like a tent shape, the sum of those angles will be less than three hundred and sixty degrees. I see exactly what you mean. Right, but it could never. If it ever got to three hundred sixty, you would have just a plane. And it, it would a... be flat, exactly. So for it to be, so for a shape to be convex, the interior angles have to be less than three hundred sixty degrees. As in, at any given vertex. Uh... Exactly. At, at at any given point, the sum of those interior angles have to be less than three hundred sixty degrees. Otherwise, you've got a flat surface. Otherwise, you've got a pizza, basically. Um, so, for it to be less than three hundred sixty degrees. Uh, you have to think about okay, what shapes, what polygons can you push? Can you put what together regular, what regular polygons? Exactly, what regular polygons can you put together so that their interior angles come to less than three hundred and sixty? So then you start looking at okay, what are the regular polygons? Um, you have uh, the triangle, the equilateral triangle, uh, which is sixty degrees. Right. You've got the uh, um, square. The, the square, that's 90 degrees, and then you've got the pentagon, and you've got the hexagon. And actually, hex doesn't even work, because the icosahedron doesn't use the hexagon, it uses triangles also. Yes. So there must be... Yeah, uh, it must be... Wait, is that... Mean yes, so movable? actually, sorry, so the hexagon doesn't even work, because the hexagon, you add those three together, you get exactly 360. So you have three, because it's 120 for a hexagon. So you've got hexagon, hexagon, hexagon is 360, so it has to be the pentagon or less. Oh, if you did... Okay, so if you laid out a bunch of hexagons on a... Oh, which is why, yeah, of course, like graphene and things like that, aren't those made up of a two-dimensional lattice of yeah. hexagons? Yeah, so you couldn't push up one of those vertices or suddenly it makes each one of those, you know, makes that angle less than the... 120 that it has so, to be for it to be a regular apologies hexagon. to everyone who's just skipped over this entire Sorry, section or crashed I, their car I, in, I, in the days but uh no 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 i thought I, the, pe- the pizza thing was cool I, there no, we I'm, go yeah I'm, i've worked it I'm, out now 
I'm so, sitting here thinking about what kind of toppings I want on a pizza later. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, a pepperoni, a pineapple sounds really great. So thank you for this. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely learned something that I will now carry with me forever that is actually intuitive about this thing that I thought was not intuitive. So thank you, Matt. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, so great. so the, the short version of that is if you've got if yeah, if you've got angles meeting on a plane, it adds up to 360 degrees, like the center of a pizza and all the angles around it. So you want it to be less than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be concave. Uh, convex um and the only shapes you can have making that up then are the triangle the square and the pentagon and then it's just a matter of working out the different ways they can combine and there aren't very many and then a soccer ball is like a mixture of octagons and pentagons right or what's the uh i'm not sure but even that i don't think actually fits together perfectly it's just the fact that it's you know yeah uh, Pliable that lets the approximation work or something. I think that's true. Yeah. So again, also you could even work it out more as far as the solids go. So, so the three of them are based in triangles because there are three different ways you can combine. You can combine three triangles, four triangles, or five triangles, and you still end up less than three hundred and sixty degrees. Because even five triangles together, that's sixty plus sixty sixty times five, which is three hundred. So that's still below 360. But then a square, the most you can have is three of those. Because mm-hmm. four of... Four is 360, and that would be flat. Yeah. Exactly. And then pentagon, the most you can have is three of them as well. So, so then you've got your five solids. You've got, three, you've got three triangles meeting, four triangles meeting, five triangles meeting. And then... Three uh, squares. Then three squares meeting, and then three pentagons meeting. And that's all you can do. Good luck. If you can figure out how to do more, you're yeah. working in other dimensions or something. And and that's where you can etch them onto a piece of metal and fire them into space to show aliens that we are intelligent civilizations. <laughs> yep. And yeah, the soccer ball shape is a truncated icosahedron, which is a mixture of uh, 12 pentagon faces and 20 hexagon faces. Ah, okay. So if you mix up, if you mix and match, you can... And I guess that does do all fit. So you've just given people the fudging. recipe to make their own soccer ball at home. Oh, God damn it. Now we're going to. Oh, no. What have you guys done? You just, how could you? You've created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> you've just killed a lot of big sporting conglomerates. Yeah. <laughs> FIFA's going to be knocking on right. your door any moment. Yeah. Watch sorry, out. Sorry, Wilson. I don't know. Is Wilson? No, that's volleyball. So he probably makes soccer volleyball, balls. Volleyball, Andy. I bet and Wilson makes soccer balls. I'm sure they, they? Well, they definitely make tennis balls. They do oh, everything. yeah. That's what they're really known for. They're, they're the Yamaha the, of balls. They're in the bull business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they would not They they would not uh, fund the research of wombat shit. Uh, <laughs> they're like, we don't care about that. Give us more research on round, round things. <laughs> Are there any sports played with cubes? Oh, dice, I guess. But besides that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sport sport is a strong word there, Andy. <laughs> I, listen, I, I exercise every day at the casino. <laughs> I drive to Tortoise Rock. <laughs> uh, I, I will confess I have made a couple um, COVID trips to Tortoise Rock Casino. They've got a high ceiling and you keep your mask on. And yeah. sometimes it just feels feels good to see a fellow human. <laughs> no, you got to bet on the ponies. I get it. Yeah. it happens. <laughs> What's your game, Andy? I'm, I'm a blackjack guy. I mean, I, I guess if they had craps there, I might do that, but it's not a big enough place to have that. So I'll just do. Uh, they've got roulette, but it's with. I, there's some kind of rule about, you know, non Nevada casinos maybe not being allowed to have an actual spinning ball on the roulette wheels. So they have oh, weird. A, 
like a wheel what? of fortune, you have like a wheel of fortune thing. And then the, the ticker, um, stops at a slot and those slots have playing cards in them that have the numbers and colors that, uh, how do they do the double zero? Basically every number is represented on this, on this circle, but with a card instead of a slot and it's a ticker instead of a ball. Weird. Which gets around huh. some law, which obviously is getting around the uh, letter yeah. of it, not the spirit of it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Why is that though? What specifically? I, I can't think of any reason why that would be. But it is. Is it, is it maybe because roulette wheels are harder to calibrate and and not be gimmicked? No, I imagine it's like uh, why you can't. I, I, I bet it's just so, so that they don't become full on. They think that that's some line you cross where now you're a Vegas style casino. Is what I bet. Mm -hmm. the the spear of the law intended that they just wow. invented. So they also have laws against Celine Dion playing there. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, a, it's a very interesting crowd there. Yeah, it's uh I guess like every casino of a certain size. Yeah, it's it's mostly retirees sitting at slot machines wow. and I'm always wondering like how how can this be a thing that a person does every day? Cuz you know, with those things, the house is guaranteed to win pretty consistently and often like how who's got that's just what they want just, you to think yeah 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 exactly it's no way you're getting better at slot machines so you're just going every day i i just don't get the fixed, fixed money, income man. gambling i don't understand yeah i don't either i'm i i always like uh my 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 uh, casino move is i like take 20 bucks and i find i'm like what's the stupidest thing that i could win money on um <laughs> and then i'll put it in and then it goes away and then i'm done <laughs> <laughs> that's a safe Definitely know your limits when you go in. Yeah, well, but now also like our, you know, our friend uh, Josh Androwski won um, $1.3 million on a, um, uh, 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 call it slot machine, a um, Big Bang a, Theory, a Big Bang Theory that he ironically played just so he could yell Bazinga. And uh, <laughs> I, I have yet to, I have not played slots since then because I was like, oh, well, he already won in the stupidest way. So two of us, the yeah. odds state that it's impossible for two people that know each other to win the stupidest way possible. So that's true. That's that's a mathematical fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, that's fine. Thank you, Josh. You've saved me upwards of forty dollars. So, <laughs> but by that logic, two comedians shouldn't have been allowed to be jackasses on um, the Price Is Right, and yet also Josh Androsky and Nick yes. Turner. Did yeah. That, right? Well, and also Danielle Perez. Uh, oh, right. Won a treadmill, and Danielle does not have feet. Um, <laughs> it's the ultimate O. Henry story. It's really, it's really, it's really a beautiful clip of. Uh, she handled it like a pro. She's like laughing, and she's like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> you can just feel the whole room. It's, it's a really beautiful clip. Yeah, I mean, she she got herself onto Kimmel as a result. Yeah, yeah, she did. She did. So I think she got a cruise out of it or something, too. Yeah, she Very she, funny. she milked that for all it was worth. She did great on that. Yeah, I mean, so as she should. Story. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I, I, you know what? You guys have convinced me. I'm going to start wasting my money it. again. Thank you. What, <laughs> and why not combine the, the Josh Androsky stories and um, play a slot machine while on mushrooms? Because yes, I think Kay. Josh was also on mushrooms on The Price <laughs> yes. is Right, talking yes, to was. Drew Carey. And I think Drew realized it pretty quickly and stopped asking him questions because of it. Oh yeah, he, yeah, it's it's very funny because Josh goes. I just want to give a shout out to everybody out there that loves music. <laughs> the highest thing anybody has ever said on television, I think. <laughs> it's funny. I, I used to drive for a Lyft, and um, I uh, I had a passenger one time that I picked up this mother daughter from a recording of um, The Price Is Right, 
And they uh, they were like, I was asking them how it was going. And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, Drew, Drew Carey came out and talked to us beforehand. He told us the story of this crazy comic that was on mushrooms. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my friend Josh. And they were like, you know him? And then I called Josh and they got to talk to him. And and, and they like, it blew their mind. because They were from like Iowa. And they were like, our Lyft driver knew the guy that Drew Carey was talking about. I really, I made their whole trip. I made the whole trip. It was awesome. <laughs> I, I love that it got back to him that that was the specific drug that he was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it can't be that hard. He's like one degree of separation from Josh. Right. Yeah. That's... Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Also, Josh was like wearing like a really tight Dolly Parton t-shirt and a hat that said Big Papa. <laughs> truly, truly legend shit. <laughs> and he said his profession was skateboard rabbi. So yes. Everything yeah. added up, really. It was yeah, all right there. Exactly. <laughs> God, we got to get Josh on. I, I don't think we've had him on ever or definitely not since the uh, million dollar ironic slot machine play. Oh yeah. You guys should definitely, he's, he's great. He's, uh, he's one of those people that I'm like, Oh, I th- am I boring? <laughs> I, think oh, I'm, no. I think, I think I'm really fun. And then I'll be like, what's Josh up to? Oh, well, um, <laughs> <laughs> running for sheriff with his newfound ironic gambling winnings. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, exactly. he did run for sheriff, didn't he? It's, yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 he ran for sheriff. But also at his announcement party, we had to tell him that he could not have a pinata full of whippets because that <laughs> is a bomb. Um, <laughs> we're like, maybe you shouldn't be sheriff because you literally made a bomb. <laughs> you can't hit that. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if the stipulation for the winnings was that he had to spend all the money Brewster's millions. <laughs> Because that was part of the plot of that movie, I think, was running for office to get rid of some of your funds. It, it was, and then they started voting for him. Right. That's also how Trump got elected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And here we are. Uh, President Josh Androsky, I can oh. handle it. It would be ridiculous, but I'll take it. Yeah, I think it wouldn't be that bad. No. Uh-uh. I'd love to see what he'd do with the White House decoration-wise. Yeah, yeah Exactly. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you have a story for us? Well, this is this is well, we're on the subject of politics. This is a this is a story of politics and science butting up against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess it's a sad story. I, I know we've we've talked a bit too much about sort of Brexity stuff recently, but I didn't know that Brexit could result in millions of bees being destroyed over import rules. Oh, oh boy! I know. Is this a bit of a bummer of a story? I, I, you know, I know people are having trouble importing certain things and my uk-based comedian and musician friends are currently having trouble getting the gigs sorted out for europe because now you know they've messed up the permits and everything but uh a delivery of 15 million baby bees to the uk could be sent back or destroyed because of post-brexit laws said the man trying to import them patrick Mm -hmm. murphy wants to import the italian bees for his business and to help farmers pollinate crops i don't know whether italian bees are just better than British bees. Like, what's what's wrong with good British bees? Thank you. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> well, Italian bees, they uh, they they only pollinate from olive oil. Olive yeah. Right. <laughs> and they, and they fly using their hands a lot more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, new laws, which came into effect after the UK left the single market in January, says only queen bees can be imported into Great Britain. Oh, the queen! Only the yeah. queen! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want none of your common bees no absolutely not what about like prince a prince a princess or prince bees no only <laughs> queens all right duke bees earl bees 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pedophile prince bees. Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they should probably keep those out of Britain, I guess. <laughs> There's an island for those. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not the British Isles. <laughs> so confusion remains regarding imports from Northern Ireland. A, a spokesman from the Department of Environment, R- Food and Rural Affairs says it will provide guidance to bee importers and beekeepers as soon as possible. Mr. Murphitt, who is the managing director of Bee Equipment, based near Canterbury. That, I know this is a serious story about some stuff that has to be. I know, I know bees are really important to the ecosystem apart from anything else, but just it, it does. Putting the word bee in any phrase does make me laugh. I'm sorry, yeah. but just. No, equipment, it, dull. Bee equipment, yeah. hilarious. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is all Jerry Seinfeld's fault, uh, ultimately. <laughs> yeah. His B movie had too many B puns, and then now we're just primed for them at all times. And, and also, really, I think just raised the the value of bees. Yes, exactly. <laughs> bee visibility definitely went up. Yeah, it just sort of pushed. You know, like how quinoa used to just be a staple food in relatively mm-hmm. unwealthy countries, and then it became classed as a superfood, and now it's hot. You know, it just pushes the price up globally. I think that's what's yeah. That was after was really done to bees. As after Tim Allen's quinoa movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I do mark time. Yeah, with that change. Why could it be called Quinoa? <laughs> he would do that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, especially. I Let's write it. Yeah, Tim, if you're listening, we've got this for you. I know you're a huge science fan. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I did like his stand-up circa 1990. I have to admit, my brother. Oh, and for I, sure. I mean, pre 9/11, Tim Allen is great. Um, but everything since has been garbage. <laughs> like watching his nephew p- try to put a penny in a in an electrical socket. Yeah. Is, and anybody who says a penny doesn't go far, I didn't see that kid shoot across the room. <laughs> I told him he was grounded. Sorry. <laughs> That's all I remember from Tim Allen's stand up. It's not bad, though. No. It's not good, but it's not bad. No, no. It's just 30 years old. Yeah. So, so, okay, every year Mr. Murphy imports large numbers of bees from Italy where the climate is warmer. There we go. That's the difference. Oh. In an effort to avoid the import ban and abide by the new laws, he arranged for the bees to arrive via Northern Ireland in April, but has been told they might be destroyed if he tries. He said his inquiries into the reasoning behind the ban had been met with a wall of silence, except an email reading, illegal imports will be sent back or destroyed and enforcement action, brackets, criminal charges, will be brought against the importer. Uh, DEFRA, which is the Department of uh, Food and Rural Affairs, says it is aware of the issue and is working with devolved administrations to find a solution. It's the responsibility of the importer to ensure that goods dispatched from Northern Ireland meet the definition of Northern Ireland qualifying goods or meet import requirements. It's a picture of him, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Murphy describes himself as a passionate beekeeper. And there's a so, picture of him and he's oh, like, what is it with proper beekeepers? They're not like no hat, no, no gloves, no gloves. No, yeah. they're just really just, for it. just out there in these in these uh, bees. It's not good. <laughs> I wonder if he's a, if he's a, a immune to their stings at this point. Aren't can bee you stings, develop a... I think I think you can develop tolerances, and I, aren't bee stings also meant to be good for arthritis? Or and I is that apocryphal? That's a good question. Are bee stings? I've mean? never heard that. Are bee stings good? Are bee stings good for you? Fills in where you say <laughs> are bee stings. So 
powerful anti-inflammatory properties and may benefit the health of your skin and immune system. This is from Healthline.com. I don't know if that's a real website or not, but <laughs> that is the first result that comes up. I think Healthline is is one of the legit ones. It's not like sort of uh, greenwizardtruth.biz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> DavidAvocadoWolf.gov. Oh, God. <laughs> so the, the bees... What, was there more to that? I forgot. Well, no, except for the fact oh. that he's currently 20 grand in for these bees and stands to lose nearly 100 grand in cost if he can't bring them into the country. And says few, He says, fewer honeybees mean less pollution, less top fruits, and more imports. Less, po- top fruit? po- less pollination. What did I say? Oh, did I say pollution? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes, less pollination. My apologies. And le- the top fruits. What are- I'm those are your to... those are your high end fruits. Those are your your strawberries, your acais. Uh, <laughs> those are, I don't know. Are they ones that just grow above ground? Is that stupid? Oh, know. maybe it is. Wait, don't all are there? By definition, do fruits have to grow above ground? Yeah, I'm trying to see whether top fruits is a phrase, but then if I Google top fruits, it just comes up with pages like, "What are the top fruits?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, a fruit which grows on trees. There we go. Um, okay. Uh, with versus soft fruit top fruit versus soft fruit what is a soft fruit then what, what which fruits are soft fruits um let's see here soft fruit uh, be- uh fruits that grow on bushes such as berries strawberries and currants ah okay so yeah, thanks brandy are, yeah we're 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 learning all the time <laughs> I love that. I, so is it is it so they need to get every tiny bee a tiny passport? Is that what the problem is? Oh, that, yeah. That's exactly it. And it used yeah. to just be that you could, um, you know, you could just have a permit for the whole group of bees. But now you have to individually do, like the amount of paperwork. Now you have to do basically a form for every bee. Ugh. Mm. And then trying to get them to post the photo and, you know, try, you know, try getting a bee to stay still for long enough for the snap to go. And you know, yeah. <laughs> the flash is a kind of purplish light. They fly towards it. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Damn bureaucrats. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't really work. <laughs> no, it did. Believe in bit. yourself, Andy. <laughs> uh, disagree. Disagree. Oh, uh, man. I do like the quote where he says this is a monumentally stupid... <laughs> Thing to, it, it is. This is so. This is. Let these be. I think he should just like tip over his cart next to the border. Like, what are they going to do? Shoot all the bees? <laughs> <laughs> They're unstoppable. Yeah, just be like Venmo me, and I'll kick this over on the on the uh, Irish side of everything, and then whatever you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, tempting, tempting bee. Yeah, you can't you can't have a border between bees. No. <laughs> you... Yeah. No, they're just going to go across. They don't care. These How bees you- are globe- globalist bees. <laughs> <laughs> Taking our damn bee jobs. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, it really, every Brexit story I've, I've read is like this, where it's like, oh, and now we've ruined another business for yeah. no good reason. Hooray. Unintended consequences everywhere. Boy. Man, um, also, like, how do you know that you're give, that you're buying 15 million bees? How is this guy counting bees? Is it by very good question? Um, I know the answer to this one actually. They oh. they have they put them in a jar and have them uh, at a school fundraiser, <laughs> and everyone guesses. And it actually turns out that if you have enough people guessing, the average of all their guesses is a really good estimate of the accurate number of bees. <laughs> Wisdom of the crowds. Yeah. yeah. So. And it raises money for charity at the same time, so... Perfect. <laughs> it's a win-win. No, 
school gets a few new computers, you yeah. get an exact measurement of your bees. <laughs> and I feel bad for these queens having to travel without their entourages. I know. It's queen tough. bee by itself. But, but but I guess the good thing is then if they're traveling like that, all kind of solo and incognito, and then they fall in love with someone on the boat, they know that that ah. person is loving them for who they are rather than what they are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's just trying to win their way into bee royalty. Yeah. <laughs> there's something like, there's something you should know. I'm actually a queen. <laughs> but I will renounce my, my bee royaltiness. For you and move to Malibu. Where, yeah, where, does, yeah. where do Megan and Harry live now? Are they in Malibu? Oh, I, I forgot that they're somewhere, somewhere around here. here. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. They, well, they also moved here just around the time that everyone stopped going anywhere. So yeah. there aren't any reports of, like, guess who was at Soho House last night? Yeah. Well, you <laughs> don't have be them. the Blake Griffith style uh, UCB sightings of Meghan Markle. Just kidding, <laughs> oh kid my problem, god! <laughs> oh, just wait till after after quote unquote. Uh, that'll COVID. be a, that would be a thing. And guess who the guest monologist is this week? <laughs> <laughs> Harry's just getting really into uh, doing heralds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's two on the nose. That's, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is his actual birth name, or actually, wait, with the royals, their names aren't even their names, right? Or am I crazy? Is no, Harry not even? Is it? Uh, if, I think it might be Henry rather than Harold. But it isn't. It isn't the yeah. case that you pick. Uh, I I don't know why I thought this was true. I thought maybe there were like royal names that are different from birth well, names. Or he something. has a lot of middle names and all titles. Okay. Oh, Henry Charles Albert David. There we go. This, this is full name. Jesus, that's a lot. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, th- I thought I thought the same thing, Andy. I thought it was like uh, uh, William is like actually named Prince George or something. Right, right. I'm also barely ever pay attention to royals, so yeah, it's not my thing. I'm, I'm but... bad on this stuff as well, but I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that is what their birth certificate is. But then they also have titles, and they have things like like when when William and Harry were both in the army they were known as whales like whatever their rank was like their last name is whales effectively even because they are Hmm. got it because they were the they are the children of the prince of wales Hmm. wait because yeah if his birth name is henry charles albert david he's last nameless sort of right yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, I guess yeah. it's all, you know, obviously names are just... Yeah, and also I, sh- things anyway, I, sh- I should know this stuff, I guess, but I really, I've so... My mum's my obsessed with this stuff, and she, she will have every answer to this, but, like, I realise now, like, my mum is into the royals and royal stuff the same way some of my friends are into, like, Marvel and DC. Ah. <laughs> like, she <Yeah>. knows... <laughs> Like she knows, like the whole Windsor universe, and got it. I feel like Harry and Meghan moving to California is the Wandavision of that of the <laughs> royal universe. Then. <laughs> Are you guys watching that? I'm not. It's yeah, pretty fun. It's pretty. Is fun. it? I I just feel like I, I I feel like there's too much required reading. No, yeah. I oh, I don't know. Maybe. I I'm I like I uh I I. I I like really am, am happy with like the last Avengers movie. I was like, oh good, this is my out, and nev- now I'm just never gonna watch another another thing because I didn't realize the commitment I was getting into from Iron Man on. 
And I was like, you'll never get me again. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Iron Man, I think, was the peak of the whole universe or whatever. I'm yeah. in the it's minority in that opinion. But that it's was, definitely one that of was the best, the best superhero movie. It was like a yeah. neat, self-contained, awesome, mm-hmm. fun thing. It didn't have to have like the fate of the universe as it stakes. Yeah. But, yeah, it's um, just a good one. <laughs> no, WandaVision, I mean, like, I don't think it's spoiling anything to say that it's um, in part uh, pretty spot on genre parodies of different eras of sitcoms and like even though it's not sort of the main thing it, it the, the sitcoms they they do a great job of writing the period specific sitcom <laughs> things like it's 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 incredible like it seems like it must have been a crazy difficult production since so much changes from one episode to the next um you know production design wise but yeah um yeah i would say even if you're a casual marvel person it's not that maybe you'll have to like look at one Wikipedia article or something by the fourth or fifth episode to catch up. But, um, you've heard it here first. WandaVision, pretty good show. Pretty satisfying. Even for a non-comic <laughs> book person, we shouldn't Not- spend too much energy on this. You know what else shouldn't spend so much energy? Go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh wait, did I just, I just, uh, copied over the link I was going to send you. Uh, Bitcoin should stop using so much energy. You know how much energy Bitcoin uses? Electrical energy? Oh boy. How uh, much? A hundred energy. More than Argentina. Okay. Yes. That was going to be my second guess. Wow. So ma- That's so many watts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bitcoin uses more electricity annually than the whole of Argentina. Analysis by Cambridge University suggests mining for the cryptocurrency is power hungry, involving heavy computer calculations to verify transactions. Uh, Cambridge researchers said it consumes around 121.36 terawatt hours a year and is unlikely to fall less the value of the currency slumps. Critics say electric car firm Tesla's decision to invest heavily in Bitcoin undermines its environmental image. Ouch. Mm, uh, the currency's wow. value hit a record. Oh my God. It hit yeah. 48,000 this week. Yeah, it did. I, I knew it was over well, 40. No, Elon, 40. Elon like invested 1.5 billion in it or something and it drove it through the roof. Oh my God. To go back in time. Even I know. Just four or five years. Um, <laughs> following Tesla's announcement that it had bought about yeah 1.5 billion Bitcoin, yeah, 1.5 billion dollars of Bitcoin, and planned to accept it as payment in the future, but the rising price offers even more incentive to Bitcoin miners to run more and more machines. But I mean, doesn't it? I thought there's sort of like a fixed total quantity that could exist in the world. And we're asymptotically approaching that. Isn't that true? I don't get it. I'll admit. But, oh um, boy, C- crypto makes me feel stupid in oh, a way same. that nothing else does, and I really hate it because there's a lot of like little shitty incels that have more money than me because of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I live a better life than you. I should have as much, <laughs> if not more, than you. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, they got their GameStop come up, and at least, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as did I with my AMC. I'm holding AMC for. I'm holding Diamond Hands, Andy. We're Whatever. holding. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> let it go to zero. Yeah, um, yeah. So as the price increases of Bitcoin, so does the energy consumption. According to Michael Rocks, a researcher at the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance, who co-created the online tool that generates these estimates, it's really by design that Bitcoin consumes that much electricity. This is not something that will change in the future unless the Bitcoin price is going to significantly go down, which I guess makes sense. If you make it easier to mine, its, it's value would have to drop. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. What is mining? It's just a way to to sort of falsely generate scarcity to make it to make it like 
a thing like gold or diamonds because okay. if, if it didn't have scarcity it couldn't have value so it ha- you know it, in the same way it's difficult to mine diamonds it has to be <laughs> electrically Got and it. processing and cost difficult to mine bitcoin oh <laughs> just, well, just this, to, is, this is why elon got involved and he loves mines that's where his yeah. money came from so oh, that's true right. he's south african isn't he <laughs> yeah um this chart by the way on this article showing the relative or showing the power consumption of various countries and where Bitcoin falls is, uh, I, I knew that China and USA were big power users, but like we are power, power users. Yeah. We dwarf everybody else. No. What does this energy consist of? This does not include any sort of solar energy, I'm guessing, or does uh, There is, like, I know some of these places that are mining, like heavily where they have banks that can be used to mining Bitcoin are based around places like hydroelectric plants. Yeah. But either okay. way, you're using using power is using power. Even if it's being generated cleanly, you could still be tracking its usage and and see that it's using a ton of power. For sure, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen different stories about this because that that is true. But there is also there are arguments about in some cases just using dead time on computers that would be running anyway and using hydroelectric power that wouldn't be able to be sent anywhere. So, oh. I, 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 or that wouldn't that is unaccounted for. Um, I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that, that it isn't still a huge energy hog, uh, hog, but I think, I think there is a little bit more nuance to the story than just, this is an, an entire Argentina's worth of energy use would disappear if we banned Bitcoin overnight or zapped yeah. it off the earth. Also, so, however, also suggests the amount of electricity consumed every year by always on, but an active home devices in the U S alone could power the entire Bitcoin network for a year. Ooh. So, you know, we're. <laughs> we're, we're mostly we're just awful yeah uh, <laughs> my tv in standby mode is more than argentina yeah can i can i make my can i make uh uh alexa power mine bitcoin for me while it's listening to me is that a thing i can do probably yeah we're actually but what matt said about the power plants like when you yeah. drive by the windmills out near palm springs like there are times mm-hmm. when they aren't spinning and that doesn't necessarily mean it isn't windy it's just there is yeah. no way of mass storing power. I mean, there are ways of sort of doing it, like having lakes you pump water up into to create sort of potential energy with a tight. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's no mass battery technology. So power plants just have to, like, turn off so they don't generate more than's being used by the grid. So you'd think anywhere like that that ever turns off their windmills would just be like, no, let's buy a bunch of graphics cards and also mine Bitcoin and keep these babies just spinning around yeah. the clock, you'd think. I solved it, guys. I figured it out. If somebody who owns windmills is listening. Somebody give Andy a Bitcoin. Just just give me one. All I want is one Bitcoin. You wouldn't even notice it's gone. How much much was one Bitcoin when we were working on ridiculousness together and you bought like a Bitcoin and I thought it was ridiculously expensive? Was it like $100 or something? No, I didn't get in until like... 10,000 because yeah three years ago it had a run up from like 10 to 20 and then it just tanks and i didn't hold so i yeah. i have almost i have i have a 20th of a bitcoin right now so i guess i have 2400 bucks which and that's not nothing but um no i think i lost a few thousand brian cook was was in on it early and and um oh no in, in ridiculousness that was yeah. twenty four. That was twenty fourteen. Oh, if you'd bought, I didn't buy any then. If you bought, who did then, then? Was it was it Hampton? Did he get one? Someone in the office did. I don't know. I was Team Tesla with those guys, and that's that has paid off well for me. I think all the rest of 
the ridiculousness Tesla stock owners got out, but it's just the only thing I've held that's worked out well, which is not an endorsement of Elon or of the company. Um, of course, have yeah. To do one of those. Just make your money. (laughs) Fuck fuck them. Make your money. (laughs) It's nowhere near what the GameStoppers could have made or what Bitcoin people could make now. But um, yeah. So, yes, uh, to get more in depth in the mining, as this article does, um, in order to mine Bitcoins, in order to mine Bitcoin, computers, often specialized ones, are connected to the cryptocurrency network. They have the job of verifying transactions made by people who send or receive Bitcoin. That process involves solving puzzles, which, while not integral to verifying movements of the currency, provide a hurdle to ensure no one fraudulently edits the global record of all transactions. As a reward, miners occasionally receive small amounts of Bitcoin in what is often likened to a lottery. To increase profits, people often connect large numbers of miners to the network, even entire warehouses full of them, which, again, uses lots of electricity because the computers are more or less constantly working to complete the puzzles. And the University of Cambridge tool models the economic lifetime of the world's Bitcoin miners and assumes that all the Bitcoin mining machines worldwide are working with various efficiencies. Using an average electricity price per kilowatt hour of five cents and the energy demands of the Bitcoin network, it's then possible to estimate how much electricity is being consumed at any one time. Hmm. Hmm. So um, it's, it's very bad that all this energy is literally being wasted in a lottery says David Gerard, author of Attack of the 50-Foot Blockchain. <laughs> do, do you think David started with that title and worked his way back to working out what what could this title be about? <laughs> what study could I do now I've got this perfect title? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Man. Yeah. I, uh... <sighs> Crypto just... I, I really hate the way it makes me feel. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I tried to buy Dogecoin last week, and it took me like three days to figure it out because I never paid attention before. And I was like, "Oh, all right, I'll be a part of this dumb meme." What you bought? Like, you bought some Dogecoin, you said? Yeah, I, oh, I put like fifteen dollars into Dogecoin. No big nice. deal. But I own hundreds of shares of it. <laughs> so, so stupid. It's it doubled that, since I got right. in. Oh damn! But isn't there some uh, limit to has that one? Isn't it? I thought someone said you can't buy it now or something, or like they're not going to even have as many available to be mined as other cryptos. I'm out of my league here. I'm just talking. Same uh, words. I don't understand. I didn't read anything about it. I just was like, I don't. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll figure out a way to get this because then I got mad at the. I got mad at the idea of incels making money again. I was like, I right. didn't pay attention to Bitcoin when Bitcoin first came out because I thought it was like a weird internet thing. And I was like, you're not allowed to not pay attention this time, even if it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it looks like in the last two weeks, it's um, ten times. It's worth ten times what it was like two weeks ago. So yeah, it's not bad if you can get in on it, but you know, still at seven cents per Dogecoin. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's whatever. We'll see. Who knows? Don't follow any of our advice. Not that this is advice, but... Uh, yeah, this is not financial advice. Um, I am not deep fucking value. Uh, I don't I don't know. It all makes me feel dumb. <laughs> uh, money is not real, and I think um, we we live in a simulation. It's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, that that is the other thing, though. Like, I, when, as, as confusing as Bitcoin is... When you actually start thinking, if you then go, it's like, well, what is actual money? Yeah. Like, what is, what is a dollar? What is a pound? What is a euro? And then that's... It's, it's an agreement. Yeah. It's all it is. Yeah. I mean, really, it's like when I put, I put, like, I 
I own some money in, in Bitcoin too. I remember like putting it in and being like, well, where does that money go? And I was like, did I ever have it in the first place? Because money, <laughs> where it, it really takes you down a real existential rabbit hole. So be prepared for that. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever really look at your hands, man? <laughs> yeah. Are they here? I don't know. <laughs> I've I've invested in hands recently. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good market to be in. That yeah. one feels solid. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> you, guys, you guys got any of that uh, cousin it coin? <laughs> oh, Honestly, nice. Matt, start it. Start it because the internet, everything. My if if nothing, if I've learned nothing in the last four years, it's that um, the stupidest thing will always happen. Uh, yeah. So cousin it coin sounds like it would do really well. Um, uh, by the way, that I think I've. It's the I hairy think that's one, also though, wrong. Right? The hand is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, hairy yeah. one is cousin. It's the hairy one. So that doesn't even work. Oh, doesn't even work yeah. as a pun. It still, it still made sense somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you knew where I was going. Yeah, yeah. yeah we get it. We get it. <laughs> I'm all about fester bucks, though. <laughs> but they they use up too much electricity. Oh, that's true. With, with power from their <laughs> from mouths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like an Argentina's worth of light bulbs that get used by that <laughs> currency every day. <laughs> Was that just like a repurposing of like an already extant magician trick? I I'm wonder. Sh- I'm sure uh, it is. I remember. I never bought one, but you, you know those sort of joke book, joke uh, or um, joke book things that you get as kids with a whole lot of uh, or joke shop uh, catalogs. Oh yeah. Right, right. That you have as a kid, and it's got all the stuff at the back, uh, like the buzzer hand and all that kind of thing. And I'm sure one of them was a mm-hmm. a self lighting light bulb. It and it's just clearly oh, just sure. got a battery in it and a button on the side. <laughs> it's just yeah. How does it work? Possibly. <laughs> I guess pre LED technology, it would have seemed amazing if you're just like only used to incandescent light bulbs. But yeah. No, I guess it was never amazing, really. Like <laughs> yeah. The lowest bar you could possibly. <laughs> if, but there's surely there's no way for anything to light up that isn't plugged into the wall. <laughs> it's literally impossible. Yeah. If you're a tiny child with a child brain, maybe you are like wowed by it. <laughs> yeah. We didn't. We didn't do the um, uncrackable quantum message in space story last week, did we? I don't think so. I don't believe so. That Colton Bond just sent in. So, well, thank you, Colton. Yeah, well, while we're on the subject of, I think this is in the same playing in the same world because it's also Bitcoin relies in solving difficult mathematical puzzles. So, mm-hmm. Chinese researchers are going to send an uncrackable quantum message to set to space. Uncrackable is in quotes. Uncrackable quantum messages can now be sent through the air and will soon be beamed into space. Researchers at the University of Science and Technology in China worked out in 2018 how to secretly share quantum keys, that's also in quotes, between orbiting satellites and ground stations, as life science previously reported. This makes, this, that made the connection between the Chinese uh, Mesius satellite and three ground sites it communicates with in Europe and Asia by far the largest secure quantum network in the world. But the quantum secrecy tool Mikius originally used had a few leaks requiring scientists to develop a more advanced form of quantum encryption known as measurement device independent quantum key distribution. Or you probably know it as MDIQKD. Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. It's, I, I, I never knew those two were the same things, but <laughs> that's 
Hey, you learn something new every day. So now those same researchers have for the first time pulled off an MDIQKD wirelessly across a city in China without any fiber optics involved, and they're getting ready to send one up to Mesius. And, hey, I'm going to go to the full story. This was linked to a newsbreak, and then, but newsbreak is, a, is an aggregator, and now it has gone to space.com. Oh. Mm. Which, um, it's, I, I'm always, I, I'm, you know, I feel a bit, I, I don't know, I, I'm in two minds about the website space.com, because it's just basically a science website that has squatted on space's name so space itself couldn't get its own website oh right <laughs> damn <laughs> no it has to be like space.biz yeah it's kind of yeah it's, not, it's unfair space underscore one <laughs> um, so th- so Daniel Oblak, who's a quantum communications researcher at the University of Calgary, who's not involved in this experiment, said the results by the Chinese group are very interesting for the quantum communication community. He said it opens the door to practical quantum encrypted networks relying on both satellites and fiber optic cables working in tandem, something not possible with current technology. Uh so quantum secure messages, here's an explainer of what, what this is. Every okay. bit of secure data you've ever sent from your phone, instructions to your bank through a mobile app, for example, or WhatsApp messages with your mum, have been broadcast across huge distances full of potential hackers. But any snoops listening in probably couldn't make sense of that information because it was transformed into gibberish that could only be deciphered with a secure key, basically a long string of numbers. That string of numbers gets scrambled up with the information it protects, and only someone who knows the string can unscramble them. These systems aren't perfect, though, vulnerable to attack from anyone who listened in when the key was being shared. They also don't typically use sufficiently long strings of numbers to be perfectly secure, even against someone who didn't listen in on the key, according to Belgian cryptographer Gilles von Asch's book, Quantum Cryptography and Secret Key Distillation. So in the 1980s, researchers developed a theoretical method for generating secure keys using quantum mechanics. They figured out that secure keys could be encoded into the quantum properties of individual particles and exchanged secretly back and forth. The advantage of this quantum key distribution is that the quantum physics dictates the very act of, that the very act of observing a particle irreparably changes it. So any spies who try to intercept the, quant- intercept the quantum key could immediately be detected by the changes in the particles. Hmm... I can't say I actually understand how this is implemented, but I, I think yeah, I I, exactly. Theory. That's there. Same with quantum computing in general. It's one of those things that I I understand to a hand wavy level and get the concept, but have no idea how you would actually physically do that. Yeah. So in recent years, as researchers began building prototype quantum key distribution networks using photons, oh, that's light particles, an important flaw turned up in the system. Side channel attacks could siphon copies of a quantum key directly from the receiver. So a study in a 2012 study in the journal Physical Review Letters found. So researchers developed MDIQKD, calling it in that paper a simple solution to remove all existing and yet to be discovered detector side channels. So simple. So simple. So here's what they do. Simpler. If you're doing MDIQKD at home right now as you're <laughs> listening to this episode, what you got to do is both the sender and the receiver of the message send their quantum key photons at the same time, as well as the decoys, sorry, as well as some decoys to a third party. Each photon contains a single bit of information, a one or a zero. The third party doesn't have to be secure and can't read the information the photons convey. 
All it, all I can tell, says Wolfgang Tittle, a quantum communications expert with QTech. Hold on, Wolfgang Tittle? Yeah, Wolfgang, yeah, Wolfgang it's just, Tittle. It's pretty great. That guy owns a lot of crypto. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and jacuzzis. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. He data mi- he uh, mines for crypto using by powering his jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to I get into the tittle tub? Yeah, would you like me to go into my tittle tube? <laughs> the bubbles make me money. <laughs> <laughs> So Wolfgang says, all it can tell is the relationship between the photons. It can, it can just say whether they are the same or different. When both the sender and the receiver send a one or a zero, they get a message from the relay saying they sent the same bit. If they send different numbers, the, uh, the relay broadcasts that they sent different numbers. A hacker spying on the relay could only tell whether the photons were the same or different, but not whether they represented a one or a zero. Ah, okay. But of course, the people who sent the states know what they sent, so they know what the other person sent. All those ones and zeros add up to a secure quantum key, and there is no way for the hacker to tell what it is. Okay, so I get I, I get that as a concept. So rather than... You, it, you, you can't intercept the message. You can only tell... The only message that the third party can intercept is, did the one or the zero that I sent to you match the one or the zero that you sent to me so we're both sending strings of ones and zeros and whenever they match we write that down and that gives us the key but but the third party doesn't know what's being sent from either end how how does the third party inherently not have access or autumn why is it like obvious that the third party wouldn't be able to know what the two parties are sending to the third i think party? then it's because intercepting it would change it Maybe I don't okay. know. Okay, and then so that the third party who does not have to be secure, in the in the reading of it, it does change it, but it doesn't matter at that point because you know what you sent, sort of. So all it sends back is like agreed or disagree. Yes, I think so. Uh, I hope so. I don't know. I'm don't, I'm vaguely there. I'm yeah. I'm sixty percent of the way there. I think I get it, but I don't quite get why it is inherently secure. But okay, go ahead. Anyway. So MDIQKD has its own challenges, says Tittle, who was not involved with the latest experiment. Mm. Wow, Tittle, what'd you do? Tittle tattled. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> it requires that both photons arrive at the relay at precisely the same time. We found this is difficult because of changes in the temperature of the device, which can mess up the timing. And that's using dedicated fiber optic cables. Sending photons through the air requires accounting for atmospheric turbulence, which makes the timing even more unpredictable. Which is why the new study is so impressive, says Tittle. While China has been doing standard QKD with Mikis since 2018, no one had until now figured out how to do the more unbreakable encryption systems over long distances without fiber optic cables to carry the photons back and forth. In the new studies, the researchers sent an MDIQKD secure key across 11.9 miles, so almost 20 kilometers of open air between two buildings in the city of Hefei. To make sure the photons arrived at the relay at exactly the same time, they developed algorithms that enabled the sender and receiver devices to account for the fluctuations in that stretch of atmosphere. Get it, yeah, getting it into space will require even more problem solving involving better algorithms that can account for the even greater distances involved. Qi Zhang, one of the authors of the paper, said, The second challenge we hope to overcome is associated with the motion of satellites. A moving target God. changes the behavior of photons in ways that have to be very precisely accounted for in order to make sense of the signal. 
Tittle says the motion of the satellites makes it very difficult, but it's plausible the USTC team might pull it off. If they do, they will have developed a quantum network uncrackable by any known method of code breaking. It would be the most secure long distance communication network in the world. Which is great until we need to uh, find, you know, the one terrorist who has on his phone the the code that'll turn off the bombs that'll blow everything up or something. Yeah. yeah. Stop yeah, him yeah. from sending yeah. the photon. Yeah, this Stop that like photon. Some, this sounds like this is going to be in the Fast and the Furious movie in the yeah. future. Uh, <laughs> Follow that photon. <laughs> but all this error correction, or not error correction, but having to make these transmission avenues perfect reminds me or makes me wonder, does, because of what this is, it, it could never employ standard kind of error checking, like checksum sort of things that most strings of data would would use, right? Because of the fact that uh, observing changes it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, is that why this has to be so much more robust than just your state? We pretty much solved for the occasional errors in digital communication with sort of simple checksummy things, right? No, I, I don't think that would affect that. Oh, it doesn't. It's just the fact that the timing has to be exact or else you wouldn't know when they're both hitting at the same time how to, how to compare them. Yeah, so and the you can still... I think so, yeah. And you can still have... Because the whole error-correcting codes and checksums just work, but you, you send more data, you send more information than, than the raw amount, and then it... Uh, so, like, a barcode is one of the simplest ones where the last two digits of a barcode tell tell uh, tell the reader whether it has read the previous numbers correctly and if if it doesn't if it doesn't match up then it knows it's misread it and it has to read it again oh i never do that i i can't remember exactly what the checksum is on a barcode but it's it's either the last one or the last two digits are same with credit cards as well Credit cards. Yeah, credit cards have way t- have way more digits than you'd ever need to give one to every person. Yeah, but you, that's also how sometimes if you put in a credit card number and if you mistype it, sometimes it'll instantly say like credit card number's wrong, and that's before it's even sent it to the bank and it's come back saying this is incorrect, and that's just because it knows that it's no, not these, even a possible. These, yeah. It's not a possible number because the checksum at the end doesn't work. It just it doesn't tally. Oh. well, I, I hmm. got it. I still don't get this quantum key stuff but good work i guess yeah well done china (laughs) yeah you did it (laughs) space.com yeah um brandy we we should wrap up the main episode but are you okay to stick around for one extra patreon story for our patreon patrons yeah yeah no problem well thank you so much um but in brandy where where can our listeners find you and everything you're doing and your various podcasting uh (laughs) Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandazzle, B-R-A-N-D-A-Z-Z-L-E. Um, and then I have a podcast called Lady to Lady. Um, it's on the exactly right podcast network now. Um, it's myself, Barbara Gray, and Tess Barker. And we have a fourth guest on every week. Um, he's usually another uh, female comic. And it's just us like riffing and having a good time, um, talking shit, taking names, all that stuff. Nice. Um, yeah. And then I have an album called Opinion Cave uh, uh, that you can find uh, anywhere that you listen to albums of any kind uh it's it's available in all the places um and uh yeah go check that out and uh oh i'm on bands of town whenever we're allowed to tour again just follow me there oh yeah <laughs> didn't you put your album out on cassette as well i did yeah mm-hmm. i still have maybe like 20 to 30 physical copies left um and that's available on my website if you want to check that out too awesome. brandy 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 with an ie posy with an ey there you go 
listeners you can find us as always at probablyscience.com that's also where you can find our links to all the stories that we've covered and also links to the patreon and paypal donation buttons thank you very much for anyone who keeps us going financially we very much appreciate you um and we very much appreciate all of our listeners and people who just spread the word and tell other people about us and write nice things about us in reviews and so on uh you can also find us on twitter at probably science individually at andy t wood and at mike kershon probably science at gmail.com is the email address for any questions comments clarifications stories you would like us to cover and i think that's about all the information you really need but listeners thank you very much for joining us and brandy thank you very much for joining us and we will see you next time Bye. bye